That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Before we get to the show, a quick but I think compelling pitch. Do you know about our secret menu? It's a subscription tier of a thing or two, and it's where we share our shopping guides, answer reader questions, go deep on the trends we're seeing in food, fashion, and design, and just generally get into topics that excite us. Secret Menu subscribers receive an exclusive newsletter every Thursday and also get access to all of our back issues and special resources like our baby registry guide and wedding registry guide. It's four bucks a month and you can cancel anytime. Sign up at a thing or two HQ.com to receive it as well as our endless gratitude for supporting what we do. Okay, here's the show. Welcome to A Thing or Two, a deep dive into stuff we think more people should know about. I'm Claire Mazur. And I'm Erica Cerullo. If you want more where this came from and want to support us in general, head to a thing or two HQ.com and sign up for Secret Menu, which will give you weekly access to members-only content. To share your thoughts on this episode or anything at all, leave us a voicemail at 833-632-5463 or DM us on Instagram at a thing or two HQ. We did it. We got we did through it. that intro. Third time. Nailed it. Mm -hmm. Just totally nailed it. Something I wanted to talk about is gardening or Mm -hmm. plants in general. Mm -hmm. And I was a little trepidatious to bring it up because I am not head gardener at at Mm. my house. No, you're not. I am Sue Gardner. And sometimes when you're the Sue, it's just hard to have confidence. Um, I understand. understand. But I do feel like I'm very involved in the sourcing of, Mm. of the like materials. Are you the garden designer? Oh, no, I would never claim such a thing. I'm like, what? Yeah, I don't know what I am. I'm the person who was like, but we should get some cuter flowers, not just the ones at the nursery in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. curator, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, something like that. Something like that. And which has basically just led to like me doing the online shopping for Mm -hmm. the gardening. You are the head on. (laughs) You're You're the garden shopper. Yeah. I would say you're the garden curator. Yeah. yeah. I'll take it. I'll take yeah. it. And there are a few different sources that I feel like I need to like share about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One being fast growing trees. Yes. First of all, tremendous name. Tremendous name. If you're going to Google, like you're, you're, <laughs> if you, you see that in your Google results, you're like, yes, I would like a tree that grows fast, not a tree that grows, grows slow. For sure. And maybe some people are Googling fast growing trees. I think the thing about trees that people know is that unless you're going to shell out a lot of money for one that's fully grown, you're going to be waiting years for that tree to grow. So the idea of a fast growing tree is very appealing, (laughs) extremely appealing. So I've purchased multiple trees from fast growing trees. I've also purchased this lilac shrub from fast growing trees. Mm -hmm. 
part of the sell of this lilac bush was that it blooms twice a season, which Ooh. again feels like it's like all part of this fast green trees model, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. why the not model. bloom twice? Yep. Like, why not? Mm-hmm. But also the other sell is the name. Bloomerang is just... It's called a bloomerang? Yeah, that's its like name. Wow, I love that. Excellent. Because it blooms twice. Do you see it sort of? Yes. Yeah, yes. do you get it? Yeah, uh-huh. um, I absolutely get it. We name a lot of our plants. A lot of our plants have names. But sometimes the given names are just so good that you could never change it. Like I'm not changing Bloomerang's name. It's just too tremendous. The other thing I need people to know about fast growing trees is that they sell, they sell like a bunch of kits and one of them is called a smoothie kit. Genius. Which just means four trees. There's an avocado, banana, a mango, and a papaya. And I love this idea that like, if you buy this, you're like well on your way to a smoothie. (laughs) That I mean, so there's so many ideas behind it that- (laughs) You would be deciding what you're planting based on the smoothie that you that's want. Right. That's or right. Or even that anybody plants a vegetable garden being like, well, this is what I want my salad. Like that's I just le- not no, I how love- people <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I it's mean, there's so no good. way any of these things would grow for us, but I just like conceptually right. love it, love it, love it. Another business that I think is just like very smartly done is called Plant Gem. And it's a work wife business started by this woman, Willow King and Julie Carson, who... Basically, they were like, "Where? How, why are we not growing all the flowers that the cool florists are using? Like, why are mm. the arrangements that are coming to my house filled with all of these unique and interesting and exotic, like what buds and blooms? But, but when I go to the nursery, I can't find those things. Mm-hmm. So they are like pulling all of these things together. And I have had success with three of them. Mm. I showed you yesterday the Pro Cup Plum Sunflower. The flower itself is very chic. It's this like kind of ombre-ish, sunset-y, I don't know, like plum to yellow situation. Mm -hmm. And then there are these Irene parrot tulips that like have this kind of, I know I've been like overusing this as a comparison in general, but they have this kind of Murano class Mm. energy and that they're Mm -hmm. like these like bright, like, I don't know, just like purples and yellows and oranges swirled and they Mm -hmm. change when they come in. And then the thing that I felt was like the most exciting or at least bang for buck are these crocus saffron bulbs. Mm. They bloom in the fall and you can harvest actual saffron from them. I mean, huge sell. Huge Huge sell. sell. Have you cooked with the saffron? I have. I mean, it tastes like saffron. And it's really nice in my house because Thomas does not like saffron at all and just, well, or just thinks it's like, why, why is this a thing that costs money? It tastes like nothing. I don't think it tastes like nothing. Thank you. Neither do I. It has a very subtle, lovely flavor. I love saffron. And then a few like smaller call outs. Mm-hmm. Styers, which mm-hmm. sells peonies. You brought me the most beautiful bouquet of peonies. Styers has a sort of limited season because they are exclusively peonies. But during the peony season, they have great like peony subscriptions, like two, three, four week subscriptions you can do. Well, um, and the ones you sent me lasted, I feel like they bloomed for like a full 10 days or something. I was like sending you pictures every day being like still at it, like just really going. Styers came to my attention. They're really close to my parents' house in Delaware. They're in Pennsylvania. But Taylor Patterson of Fox Fodder Farm, who also grew up in Delaware, was and is a well-known florist, was the one who was like, yes, yeah, Styers, like that's who you go to for peonies. That's They're the best in class. Well, they started apparently in 1920 by a Pennsylvania Quaker and a botanist. And apparently he like revolutionized the, fre- the fresh cut flower industry with his peonies, which like the New York flower market just like bought all of them up. It was like, it's, it's basically been a thing for a hundred years. Wow. They yeah. also, 
they also have this peony festival in May, which is genius because it just when all of their peonies are in bloom and they're like, sure, pay us some money and you can come just walk around and you look can at see all them. our peonies. <laughs> and and probably smell them too. <laughs> for sure. And definitely people go and like take pictures and do family portraits and whatever because it's just stunning because it's a massive field of all the different peonies you could possibly imagine. And it's a fun place to take kids and just a sort of like delightful activity. This feels sort of related, but Dave and Austin Roses, which we talked about on our catalogs episode, mm-hmm. is like the go-to for roses. Mm-hmm. And we got a rose bush for a relative. And I, w- I learned through this process that the customer service is extremely good because she like emailed after in, in, within a week of the rose bush, like not settling in, like basically being like, I need a refund or a, ret- or a new one or like whatever. <laughs> and they were so good about it and so kind. And I was like, oh, that's because their entire customer base is like nervous Nellies. And then the last one is Wild Seed Farms, which sells these regional wildflower mixes that I just think are like so lovely. And what a is treat. that the one that I got at your recommendation? Yeah, Th- yeah. That was lovely. And they keep on growing every year. And you just throw some down. Yeah. You throw them down. You sprinkle them down. Cam helped plant them because you're really just tossing them in the ground and you don't know what you're going to get or when they're going to bloom. And they're great. It's a delight. It's just an absolute delight in my opinion. Related to this, when we were talking about gardening with our friends, Catherine Fortunato, who is one half of the jewelry line, Lizzie Fortunato, mm-hmm. she taught introduced this terminology called sleep, creep, leap about gardening. And per the American Meadows website, it is basically used among gardeners to simplify the typical phases that a perennial plant will go through. So it's like, first, it's like getting settled in. You don't mm-hmm. have to call the rose company. Just like give it a minute. <laughs> yeah. Then it like starts to take off. Mm-hmm. And then in the third year, it leaps and it's just like a success. But yeah. I just do feel like this like idea, I just keep thinking about it. And like, it just feels like it applies to so many other things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I Totally. A business. Like, I yes. don't know. Yeah. Just a lot of things feel like they I mean, babies a, for sure. Yeah. Babies they definitely sleep. sleep they definitely the first, creep. They yeah. sleep for the first couple of weeks. You're like, this newborn thing is great. Then they start crawling and you're like, ah, this is a whole new ball game now. And then they're just going through all those leaps. When do you think the leaps start? I don't know. Remember I had that really insane app that would describe every single developmental leap and it was like a mini novel for each one. God, I can't remember what it was called. (laughs) A novella. A novella. (laughs) (laughs) And it would be like, now you're going through leap four, leap five, leap six. And it's for like the really intense parents. And I would use it occasionally just to check to be like, is my baby an asshole or is this a leap? And usually it was a leap. I just, why don't they just call the app, is my baby an asshole? I mean, I think you know, a lot of downloads. free idea. God, I wish I could remember the name of that thing. It was nutty. Yeah, it's definitely a baby, a descriptor of what it's like to have a newborn baby sleep, creep, leap, for sure. And, and businesses. And businesses. Yeah. Thank you so much to Best Fiends for sponsoring today's episode. You know, I think you can find a lot of happiness within. I certainly do. There's a lot of ways to find your inner happiness. I, you know, practice contentment, practice contentment, live with longing, all of it. (laughs) All of it. You know, try to meditate, find some happiness that way. As much as you can do all of that, sometimes it is nice to have some external someone or something give you a pat on the back and say, hey, you did a good job. And sometimes that can come from a friend or family member. And sometimes it comes from a video game who you have not at all a complicated relationship with. And it's even more 
satisfying sometimes. We you just know? Like, don't get that many gold stars in our in our adult lives at the end That's of the day. Right. That's like, right. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Best Fiends will absolutely give you a gold star. I can guarantee it's going to be satisfying in its own way. And, you know, you can just keep on making it to new levels and keep on getting those gold stars and feel a little bit of sense of, you know, somebody thinks I did good today and it's low it's stakes accomplishment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Right. Once you download Best Fiends, you can play anywhere, even without an internet connection, which is great if you're stuck without Wi-Fi. Collect tons of fiends that get powered up as you play more levels. Every win brings new challenges, thousands of puzzles to play. Brand new events pop up all year round, so you've always got a chance to earn exclusive in-game items, characters, and rewards. With thousands of levels, there's always more to play. Download Best Fiends for free from the App Store or Google Play. Plus, earn even more with $5 worth of in-game rewards when you reach level five. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. Relationships are hard, and that's why I'm here. Hey, friend, it's Cami Crawford. Think of me as your big sister slash audible BFF that you can always trust to give you the real tea. This is my show, Relationship, the advice podcast that covers all relationship topics, the good, the bad, and the straight up shitty. Need advice? Send your story to hello at relationshippod.com or DM me at relationship on IG and tune in for new episodes every Friday. Be sure to follow us and subscribe so you don't miss all the hot goss. And if you're loving the show, please leave us a review. Talk soon, bestie. This also reminded me of something else we latched onto a couple of years ago that I just love is the idea of learn, earn, return. Mm -hmm. Basically, the concept being that the first third of your life, you're like learning, you're getting education, you're developing skills. The second third, you're earning and like, you know, building your career, supporting your family. And then the last third, you're giving back both in terms of time and money. Mm -hmm. Like mentorship and yes. charity and all of that. This reminded me of a conversation that I feel like we keep having related to the earning phase. Um, so many of our friends have gone freelance recently or have started like picking up consulting work and are trying to figure out how to charge for projects, charge project fees. And the thing we keep having to remind them, which I think we have just learned at this point and have, you know, had this wisdom shared with us by others, is that at a certain stage of your career, in a certain type of career, but for a lot of careers, you're not being paid for your time. You're being paid for your expertise. People sort of know that, but have a hard time figuring out how to apply that when you're thinking about what to charge people. But the thing that I think is useful for me to remember is like, we're not being paid for the 10 hours it might take us to do something. We're being paid for the 10 hours it might take us to do something, plus the 10 years we spent learning how to do it and to do it really well. And to that point, like, just don't tell people how long you think something's going to take unless it's really necessary or, you know, you can tell them like this project's going to take five weeks, but you don't need to tell them how many hours a week project you're working on Project fees versus hourly fees. Yeah. 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 You don't have to tell people when, you know, when and how many hours something is taking, right? Because something that might take you 10 hours might take someone else 100 hours. It's not really relevant. These people are hiring you because they want your version of this thing, right? And as obviously always dependent on the type of work you're doing. It just does feel crazy to me that so much of work is still structured around time, mm -hmm. that it is just like so time-based mm -hmm. when we all take different amounts of times to do things. Right. Like it's just like inherently, yeah, it's just odd to me. Odd to I me. mean, I don't really understand enough about the way the legal industry works, but the way that like the oh, lawyers charge hours. hourly, is, it just seems like there's got to be a better way, that there has to be a better way. Well, because in my mind, that feels like the worst possible way. In other learned wisdom. Please, 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 please. <laughs> Every time that I post on Instagram, what do people want us to talk about on the podcast or write about in Secret Menu, I always get at least one person asking 
am I having a second kid or like how am I thinking about having a second kid? Which, like you specifically, not looking well, they're for not advice. As, yeah, well, no, I think some people are maybe looking for advice. Somebody phrased it recently around like of just like, can you talk about Mm, how you're making the decision. Yeah. Okay. 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 I yeah. thought you meant they're asking me specifically, not you. And I was like, correct. They're not asking you if you want a second kid. <laughs> I'm going to have my second kid first. Though that would be a leap. <laughs> I suppose if you had a first kid, it would kind of be like my second kid, which would be honestly an answer I would be fine with. A solution no, I thank would be you. fine with. Sorry. Sorry. I just want, want to preface this by saying that I feel totally duped by life in this situation. Like I... <laughs> I just waffled for so many years about whether or not I wanted to become a parent at all. It was this huge weight I carried around. It felt like this unanswerable question. And then I did decide to become a parent. And I knew that it was introducing so many questions and complications to my life. But I felt like I had at least finally answered this one question. And I had solved this one problem because like I did that. People can stop asking me. I can stop wondering. I did it. Now we all know I'm going to become a parent. I was wrong. Because they're like, but are you going to have become a parent of two children. It almost immediately after you have your first, you're asking yourself and people are asking you if you want another. And this isn't like, I wish people would stop asking me thing. Cause that's not that many people ask me, but you have to ask yourself. Like, I feel like as soon as Cam outgrew his newborn clothes, which was, I don't know, like three weeks in, I was like, am I saving these for another kid or Mm. am I giving these away? The question just begs itself. And the answer is that I don't think I want another kid. And I don't know for sure. Like I'm not, 100% ready to close the door on it, but that's also just the kind of person I am. Are you going to live with longing, do you think? I think I'm going to live with longing. That idea has been most clarifying for me around this idea of having a second kid. No matter what decision I make here, I'm going to have some longing in my life, which is a kind of no-duh, you know, thing about having kids. But it was like this idea of like, right, if I don't have another kid because that feels like the best decision for me and my family right now, And 10 years from now, I wish I had another kid. That's okay because I can look back and be like, at the time, I made the best decision for myself, right? And for my family. And I- And you would have never known how those 10 years would have shaken out if you had made the other decision. You just can Like, you know. You can only make the decision based on the facts you have at the time. And, And the facts I have at the time right now are like- it doesn't feel like an emptiness in my life. And I have to say too, like, I I have no idea if I'd be able to conceive. I'm 38. I also have, I also have friends who are struggling to conceive second children. And I will say that that's been an interesting learning thing for me because I have friends who've struggled with this or are struggling with this and it's really painful for them. And I can look at them and say, I know that there's a real longing in their life right now actively that I don't have. And like, is that sort of my answer that for them, they feel this absence, they feel this very real intuition that there should, that they should have another kid in their life. There's lots of reasons to have a kid, right? And and people approach it differently. But I don't feel an absence in our family. And I feel like there are so many things that would be awesome about having another kid, but I don't feel incomplete right now. It's making me it. think of an Onion post recently that mm-hmm. is basically something like, woman has baby to fill void, Mrs. Void. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. (laughs) For sure. Which just feels like, yeah. Yeah. Related content. That's all. Some related content. I wouldn't be doing it to fill a void because I don't feel a void. And I think some of the reasons I have that that I want to do it are not good reasons. Like Like I really, 
I really miss having a baby. And mm. I've talked about this before, certainly to you ad nauseum and somewhat on the podcast, but like I have found the passage of time to be impossibly painful, like existentially painful that, that like you have a baby and then you don't have a baby anymore and you will never know that baby again. I'll never know Cam as a baby again. And he's a very different person now. And that has been really painful for me. And there is also this thing that I think when you have a baby, you realize all the mistakes you made or the ways you could have made it easier on yourself or easier on the baby the second time around. And so you do have this instinct of like, well, if I did it again, I would do it all these ways differently. None of <laughs> As these... if it's going to be the same baby right. that you're going to get a do over with. Like it's not a groundhog's day. I relate to all these reasons that I think sometimes people do. They're like, I love being pregnant. I love having a baby. I just want to go through it again. To me, I'm like, then you still have a whole life on your hands after that. And it feels to me a little short-sighted to do it just to be pregnant again, to have another baby again, to do it better the second time around, whatever it is. I don't think a lot of people have another just solely for that reason, but I recognize that it is part of the appeal. And I'm just kind of- It goes in like the pros list when people are thinking about the decision. For sure. And I think I just have to sort of like actively resist that and try to get comfortable with the fact that my kid is constantly changing and I'm constantly having to say goodbye to versions of him. I think- we talked on that aging episode about this idea of seasons of life that I'm trying to embrace. And I realized that I need to embrace it for him too. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, I think my, you know, who knows if I'll change my mind. My, the, the funny, like weird thing that has become the thing around this decision is that I need to get surgery at some point on my pelvic floor because it Mm. got messed up during labor. And they say to not get it until you're totally done having kids. It's not the end of the world if you do, but it's better if you do it once you're done. And so then I just constantly find myself in these doctor's appointments, totally unrelated in a lot of ways to this decision. And then having these really intense moments with doctors I barely know being like, well, I think so. And they're like, well, what does your husband think? And I'm like, my husband is super, Uh. you know, my husband knows and believes we could be happy either way. And he is totally right. So that is how I'm thinking about this. I mean, and then there's obviously all of these environmental factors that I'm just glossing over because I think that they're discussed ad nauseum and that they're obvious to anybody else who is thinking about this, which are just like, we live in this really fucked up world. And the idea of bringing someone else into it is scary and weird and complicated, but also like, am I going to make my kid go through this scary fucked up world by himself? It's like, am I going to make another kid run from the fires or am I going to give my kid a friend Someone's to hand run to from the fire? <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. I is exactly. I don't think that there's a great answer. And then there's, it's really hard to talk about this and not think about where we are with reproductive rights in this country. It's really hard to think about being pregnant in this environment and, and the dangers that come with that. I am curious to hear from people who've either made the decision and feel great about it or people who are also only children and feel like they turned out okay. I think one of the things I weigh a lot is this idea that like I am impacted a lot by the fact that multiple kids is the cultural norm in the U.S. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what I struggle you to distinguish- You know more people with siblings yes. than you do not. Yeah. And what I struggle to distinguish between is is it the cultural norm and that's why people do it or is it the cultural norm for a reason? But yeah, I'm curious. I know- you know, I know a lot of people who purposefully have only children and feel great about it and feel like their kid turned out great. And I'd love to hear from you, get voicemails and DMs from you. And also, if you are an only child and you think your parents did a good job, tell us. How and why? How and why. (laughs) I want actionable, concrete tips. I want the nitty gritty details. No detail is too (sighs) small. Let me know how to raise a well-adjusted only child. Yeah, totally, totally, totally. 
And that's what I have to say about it. There's your answer. Probably not, but who knows? Thank you so much to Nutrafol for sponsoring today's episode. My hair has just gotten so sort of brittle and breaky these days. I've been doing a lot of things breaky? to try to breaky. I know no matter how many, you know, bonding agents I use <laughs> and whatnot, I have found that the best thing is just to commit to taking my Nutrafol. And you know, I have a hard time remembering to take pills, but when I can remember to take it consistently, my hair really is stronger. And I have less of those little like baby hair flyaways happening that especially become cumbersome in these humid months. Oh, totally. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve your hair growth thickness and visible scalp coverage. Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting the five root causes of thinning. So stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, and metabolism through whole body health. Nutrafol has three unique formulas to support women throughout all stages of life, including postpartum and menopause. Each formula is physician formulated using natural drug-free medical grade ingredients in consistently effective dosages. So you get the most reliable results. In a clinical study, 86 percent of women reported improved hair growth after six months. 3,000 top doctors and stylists recommend Nutrafol as an effective and high quality solution for healthier hair. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code a thing or two to save $15 off your first month subscription. This is their best offer anywhere and it's only available to U.S. customers for a limited time, plus free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com promo code a thing or two. Thank you so much to Newly for sponsoring today's episode. Um, so this summer when I was thinking about what I wanted to wear, I was like, I feel like my like I need new jeans, like summer friendly, appropriate, lightweight jeans and jean shorts, which is just something I have not ventured into in some time. And Newly felt like the ideal way to just like try on a bunch of things and like try a bunch of things and be like, am I actually going to wear this? I don't want to like impulse buy a pair of jeans that I think like look cool. And then after two wears be like, JK, this waistband is deeply uncomfortable when it's 90 degrees outside. And I just love the way that Newly came. It was like all sustainably packaged in these, you know, these totes and containers that are reusable. Um, it all just felt like the right way to go about doing this. And they also, you know, if you're in the maternity or post-maternity realm, they carry brands like Hatch that offer flexibility and including a really cute pair of Hatch little short overall situations. Um, yeah, just so into Love it. Hatch. Love, Love it. Hatch. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $88 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. You choose whatever you want to rent for whatever you have going on. It's totally up to you. Access to thousands of styles from more than 300 brands, everything from party dresses to premium denim and one-of-a-kind vintage pieces. Newly stock styles in a range of sizes from petite to plus sizes up to 5X plus maternity. They carry labels like Inacachu, AMO, A-Gold, Lisa Says Ga, and more. Fast free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in Newly's state-of-the-art laundering facility, so there's no laundry for you to worry about. Plus, there's the option to buy what you love at a discount, sometimes up to 70% off, which I recently did with a jean jacket that I rented and wanted to keep. Newly is already a great value at $88 a month for any six styles, but right now you can get $10 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code a thing or two ten. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com, that's Newly with two U's, and enter the code a thing or two ten and sign up to get $10 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, Newly with two U's with code a thing or two ten. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. You know what the thing is, to go back to like the people asking, but mm -hmm. if you had to, 
then they'd be asked about the third. Mm -hmm. But then if you had three mm -hmm. and you were considering a fourth, people would be like, are you crazy? You're what insane is wrong with you? Like two and a half is what people are really comfortable with. <laughs> That's right. If you That's have right. two and a half, people will absolutely leave you alone. That's right. I don't, I really have to say, like people do ask, but not as much as, I, I was offended. Not as much as they did, did when, before. Before I, you had there a kid were, at all. Yeah. I would get offended at times by the level of nosiness before I had a kid. Now, I do genuinely think people are asking sort of just to be like, I assume that they're in the same situation and they're trying to figure it out for themselves and want to, you know, think, I like want, that want new ways to think about it. I don't know. There is this article that I will point people to in the New York Times called More Kids After the Last Two Years, No Thanks, written by Emily Gold about a lot of these factors that are why people aren't having more kids. Yeah. Entirely unrelated? Mm, mostly unrelated, except we're both childbearing slackers. You know? mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Slackers. Yes, we're slackers. <laughs> so I had this moment of realization. I was on a plane and I realized I'd never watched Reality Bites, which has always been like a fairly important gap in my pop culture knowledge. Huge and so gap. I was like, huge gap, felt crazy. So, and obviously deeply familiar with the soundtrack and so many of the references and the fashion, but I was like, I need to sit down and finally watch this movie. And I had this real moment where I was like, I would have loved Ethan Hawke's character so much had I watched this movie when it came out. I would have been obsessed, would have watched it so many times, would have daydreamed about this character. And now I just think this character is so sad. And yeah. I, because like, there's just truly nothing attractive to me about this man's lifestyle. And it was just this real aha moment of like, wow, you've never taken a moment to contemplate how how and in how many ways it probably fucked you up that in your you teen years. This. That, yes. Yeah. And, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. and not just that I was drawn to it, but I was meant to be drawn to it. Like, oh, it was pitched to you aggressively. <laughs> it was pitched to you aggressively. I So the way I count, was thinking about this movie and this like dynamic most mm -hmm. in particular recently was that I read the book, The 90s by Chuck Klosterman. Mm -hmm. And he talks about how basically the idea of like not selling out was a defining characteristic of the 90s. Mm -hmm. And he makes the case that about reality bites that like now when you watch it, you're like, but wait, the Ben Stiller character, like yeah. he's a nice guy. He's <laughs> authentic. He's this corporate, he's like meant to be this like kind of corporate scumbag, but you're like, yeah. no, she should end up with him. Like, <laughs> right, and not, the basic that like millennials and Gen Z would not watch this now and be drawn to Ethan Hawke at all. At all. Like, of course he is attractive and there are some tender Oh, he's always going to be attractive. Yeah. 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 But you're also just like, wait, he's living on your couch because he doesn't have enough money because he can't pay rent. I just, what? How is that the guy you're supposed to be attracted to? And then so I started thinking about the movies that really shaped me. And like the three premier ones for me were Dazed and Confused, Clueless, and Empire Records. Yeah. And those were the movies for me that I watched over and over and over. And with, I will say, like, I wasn't a huge tra Travis Birkenstock fan, but I definitely wasn't into Josh. And But, like, with Empire Records and Dazed and Confused, it was all about the slacker characters. I was yeah. so into them. Well, and, like, my so-called life just feels yes. so seminal, okay, sorry. too. Yes, okay, sorry, yes. Hugely yeah, that, seminal. That one, oh, yeah, I had a cultural huge crush on Jordan Catalano. You didn't have to have seen him never on the seen it. Yes. You know. <laughs> and all the boys in junior high and high school that I had crushes on were total slackers. And Chris point, Chris, it was like, yes, I actually think it's so weird that the slick slacker character just like up and vanished. It was such an important archetype for such a long time. And then it just poof, 
doesn't exist anymore. And I guess it probably does exist for Gen Z because they're so, you know, nostalgia influenced. So they're probably digging up all of these old slackers in in some form. But it's like really fascinating to me. I I think you charted some of like, when does it, when did it change? Well, because I started to be like, when were all these movies coming out? And like, at what point did they just drop off? So like early 90s was mm-hmm. early to mid 90s is when these movies were coming out. Mm-hmm. 93 to like 95. Mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah. That the like rise of Freddie Prince Jr. I think is so perhaps too. when we lost the slacker. I absolutely agree. Can you picture him playing a slacker? No. And I absolutely agree. And what's hard to like distinguish. So in She's All That and 10 Things I Hate About You and like that and Can't Hardly Wait. What's hard to distinguish is that there's a bunch of tryhards, and in a lot of cases, the tryhard jocks are the villains. So you're like, yeah. well, they're still kind of an antithetical to the slacker, but the heroes are not slackers. No, like the no, the, the no. love of interest. And yes, Freddie Prince Jr. I absolutely agree. And I googled to try to because I couldn't remember the name of She's All That. It was like Freddie Prince Jr. movies, and everything that came up across the screen, I was like. Oh yeah, this is when it changed. Down to you. Is that what that oh, one is called? Yeah, the Julia Styles yes. when he drinks the shampoo. Yes. yes. <laughs> I loved that movie. I thought that movie was I agree. I thought it was good too. You listed Cruel Intentions, which is a great call. Because that that as a movie about people yes. trying extremely, extremely hard. hard. Yeah. And I really do think the 10 things I hate about you, like all the boys in that mm-hmm. movie are trying. It's not like that they're tryhards. I mean, the Joseph Gordon-Levitt character mm-hmm. certainly is, but Heath Ledger's not a tryhard. No, 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 no. But he's like definitely not a slacker. Like the whole mm-hmm. can't take my eyes off of you mm-hmm. scene. It's like this man now would be a TikTok star. Yes. He's like not worried about I'm sure he now. will be That's when they inevitably sure. remake this film. <laughs> yes, he will definitely be a TikTok star or it will be a TikTok viral moment for sure. Yeah. I do think the other thing that people have identified and 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 that I am unfortunately fascinated by as a cultural trend is that like what has replaced the slacker is the Pete Davidson, Travis Barker, Machine Gun Kelly archetype, which what are we calling that? Claire, there is this tweet mm-hmm. that I, I like think about it weekly mm-hmm. by at yeehaw underscore Megan, i.e. Maggie Gates who says, Pete Davidson, Travis Barker, and Machine Gun Kelly are the manic pixie dream girl of men, the chaos goblin line cook. So line cook feels incredibly right to me. <laughs> like chaos goblin, yes, absolutely. Yeah. But there's something about line yes. cook. There is just something about it. Well, and just like restaurant culture in general. Yes. I yes. say, and I'm basing this entirely on the fact that a close friend of mine worked in restaurant for years and years and years and was a addicted to dating men who worked in the kitchen and they were all assholes. And so I get those vibes from it. Like there's definitely a huge crossover in the Venn diagram between restaurant kitchen workers and yeah, slackers. Yeah, 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 yeah. For me, I was trying to be like, when did this, because I, I mean, obviously these are real men that we're talking mm-hmm. about, but as like a cultural thing, I was like, I think that, I think Adam Driver in Girls oh. is like the, 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 the stew for me. That's great insight. Wow. Interesting. Because not a slacker, exactly. Right. Well, because he's an artist, right? Isn't that what yeah. he does in the show? Like he's like a playwright in the show or something yeah. like that? Yeah. And which like I, not, a, not a like pure fuck boy. There's like something else to it that's yeah. this. That's this. Chaos Goblin line cook. 
It's super interesting. It also brings to mind that line, and I'm going to butcher it, but it, there's this profile in Vanity Fair recently, and they're like describing the various like recent eras of New York and and describes one recent era as like the rare and New York City era where we were rewarding tryhards as cool. And I was like, right, that was kind of like antithetical to New York culture in general, that it's like, oh, you're like, it's the hustle and grind, the trying super hard to be cool. And those are the people who are rewarded as cool. Feels like, yeah, there's something This there. is the backlash to that or something. something. Have you watched The Bear? I haven't watched it. Have you watched it? I did. I have. Mm-hmm. And he falls like squarely into this category for me, this like chaos goblin lion cook, even though he's head chef, <laughs> even though he's head chef. Right. It's just like, I do worry. And I just want to apologize if I'm offending, if I'm saying something wrong by harping on the lion cook part, because I know there's a there's a hierarchy and dynamics and politics in a kitchen. Yeah. yeah I'm yeah, not yeah, intentionally yeah, yeah, yeah. denigrating anybody. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. And people are like, people are so obsessed with this show. People are so mm-hmm. obsessed with him. The show is very good. He is not for me at all. I don't love Unshowered. This whole vibe, this whole thing is just like so not for me. And it's like fascinating to watch it be for other people. I don't know. Having never seen it, I I do find him attractive, but that's based entirely on, you know, the promo stills that I'm fed in, in the algorithm. Listen, totally, totally. I mean, and I think the one thing that he for sure has in common and some of these other like new slacker chaos goblin line cooks have in common with the like OG slacker is their inability to access their emotions. Mm -hmm. Like that's like the through line here. (sighs) It's so depressing, but I I feel that Travis Barker is very in touch with his emotions. Well, you've actually consumed a ton of Travis Barker content. (laughs) I'm in a dark place when it comes to my celebrity fascination. So yes. And I actually, I I don't know about Machine Gun Kelly. I've steered clear of that because I don't get it. But the Pete Davidson, I think is also trying to be more in touch with his emotions. So maybe this is like a new era. Yeah, it's possible. um, It's possible. Of the Chaos Goblin line cook. I don't know. Who knows? Anyway, something to chew on. (laughs) Are we ready for the return of the actual slacker? No. Okay. I don't think so. Fine. I, don't, I think people, just the idea that like, because I think the idea of, of selling out would have to come back. Yeah. Or like, a, the, like mm-hmm. the like selling out thing, we're so past that culturally. Well, Everybody's psyched to sell out. Yeah. And economically, we can't support slackers. We, there's, no. There are no low rents to no. be had. No. All right. Fine, fair. I miss the music that Slacker Culture created. I wish that we could play all the young dudes as this as this episode closed. That could play us out. <laughs> play it in your minds. That's yes. the show. Hi, Claire America. It's Lauren. And I just had to call to tell you about something that happened to me in the grocery store yesterday. I was at Jewel in Chicago, which is like a big, super grocery store. And in the freezer aisle, and a man and a woman were together and kind of like an older couple debating about which vanilla ice cream to get. And they, I just kept hearing them say, like, oh, my gosh, there's so many different choices, sugar-free, dairy-free. How do we know which one to get? And I just couldn't help myself. I popped over and said, I know the best one. Hagen does vanilla bean. I promise you won't regret it. And they were so cute and so excited about it and happy to have a little guidance. So thank you for introducing me to the best vanilla ice cream 
and just wanted you to know the word is being spread. Okay, love you guys. Bye. This has been a production of Dear Media, and we are so grateful to the talented team over there for helping us make this podcast happen, especially to our wonderful producer, Ali Slice. You can follow us on Instagram at a thing or two HQ. And if you have ideas for our show or want to advertise, email podcast at a thing or two HQ.com. Find show notes and sign up for our newsletter at a thing or two HQ.com too. If you love the show, consider supporting it by signing up for a secret menu also at a thing or two HQ.com.